Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve, you deserve the glory and the honor. And the honor. Lord, we love, we say, Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy
faithful God. Awesome is your name. You do mighty things. <laughs> you do glory. You're the faithful God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name, you want to declare it. Your name, your name, your name is God, mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. God, he's an awesome, awesome God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you. Thank you, Jehoshua. Hallelujah. We are grateful for the opportunity God has given us to share his word, share his revelation tonight. I'm here with my brother Tony. Hallelujah. And we are ready to share. We're ready to go into the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. We'd like to make sure everybody's listening. Well, people are able to hear. Hallelujah. On the other side, before we go ahead and praise your Lord, go into the word of God and share the dream. I've been having a dream for two days now which i like to share tonight. Thank you, Lord. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. What an awesome, awesome God we serve. What a good God. What a great God. What an awesome God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to go ahead and 
go into the Word of God and, and share, hallelujah, what the Word of God says tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And at the same time, then, as people are logging in, we'll share the dream. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Go ahead, brother. Tony, say hello to the people. Yeah. Yeah, hello. Yeah, the Lord, uh, the Lord is good. Uh, his presence here, you know, we know he has. Thank you. Um, you know, the Lord is going to minister to all of us, and, and uh, you know, his peace, his presence, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. We know the Lord is, is going to minister to, to all of us tonight. Amen. Thank yeah. you, Lord. He is good. Every time we call upon his name, yeah. as the Bible says, hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Robert. Uh, hallelujah. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. Amen. So important. Yeah. We call upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. I want to begin, hallelujah, uh, talking about earthquake and tsunami, because I had two dreams, one after another, about a tsunami coming, which we know is an earthquake that will cause the tsunami. Amen. I had a very intelligent man contact me about the earthquake in California, the eastern tsunami, explaining to me how the events are practically tied to each other. He believes that when the earthquake in California goes, so will go the, the, the eastern tsunami because of how everything is tied in into one another, how God is showing it to people, how it's really this the way it is, and the scientists have confirmed this. These, these, these things tightening into each other will cause a major tsunami. And that's what it believed that the eastern tsunami started out with the earthquake in California. It doesn't mean it will happen at the same time. We know that earthquake and tsunami happen in different timing. Uh, you get a, usually an earthquake and then you get a tsunami. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So let's go into the Word of God. In Matthew 27, 54, this is what the Bible says. So now when the centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. The Lord is going to cause earthquake and tsunami and he is mighty he's mighty to do these things my brother and sister i don't know why people question even that brother tony mm -hmm. that if god is able to do these things because we can see that when he died at the cross mm -hmm. immediately an earthquake happens and these are signs according to matthew 24 of his coming yeah it's a sign of it coming yeah okay and we might say it because it happened at the cross when he was coming down to the cross going down to the lower part of hell it was scientists is coming and going scientists is coming and going but these are signs that it's coming the bible says yeah but he was going down to hell when this happened yeah so yeah. what are you thinking cost that cost cost of this earthquake at the cross what well, what do you think it will, will, will have to be the effect uh, the effect, uh, yes, it's a, it says it was a, the earthquake, right? So it must have been a, it must have been a, you know, a big earthquake when it happened, you know, um, that happened. Wow. Yeah. And it was a testimony to the centurion because he, he, 
he didn't believe in Jesus. Yeah. He didn't believe in Jesus. Wow. He was just one of the soldiers that that crucified him. Yeah. But when they when they uh, felt the earthquake, that's when it says that they feel greatly, right? Mm -hmm. That's when they believe. And that's what exactly what earthquake and tsunami are in the last days. Yeah. Testimony of Jesus. A lot of people don't understand. Lord, please open our eyes. Yeah. The meaning of earthquake and tsunami in the last days. Because these are testimony of Jesus. That's why we're giving Matthew twenty-seven fifty-four. Again, let me go there in the Bible and show you what went about, which is the crucifixion. My brother and sister, we have read it all the time, but sometimes we need to be reminded. That's what that is. We need to be reminded. My brother and sister, let's start in verse 50, okay? It says that Jesus, when he cried out again with a loud voice, yielding up the ghost, giving up the Holy Spirit, his spirit. Yeah. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the, and the earthquake and the rock rent it. This was, this was not any normal earthquake. Because you, you get a lot of earthquakes. Most of the time, the earth is shaking, yeah. like, and, like Pastor Begley said, and quaking. Yeah. But this earthquake, it's, it's, power, it's the power of God manifested mm. because that rock was broken in two, or was broken. And what kind of earthquake is this that breaks the rock? You don't usually get that. That's the power of God. Manifested yeah. And Jesus power Because he's God Is manifested here My brother and sister And the grave were open yeah. Now look what this earthquake caused mm. Okay The grave were open This is supernatural earthquake This is not normal A lot of people read it and they think it's normal This is not normal This is a supernatural power of God the superpower manifestation of the power of God through Christ or in Christ because he's God. Yeah. Okay? This is what we need to understand. This is supernatural, okay? The rockets were in there. And the grave was open. Now, many body of the same who slept arose. This is exactly what we're going to see after the three days of darkness. We're going to have an earthquake of this magnitude. And the grave will be open again, and the dead in Christ will rise for, uh, will rise again. And we're going to see it. In my revelation, the Lord showed me this. Uh, my aunt called me and said, you know that your father's here. And I said, what do you mean my father? See, I'm thinking, you know, what is she referring to? What is she referring to at that moment? And it was my literal father who died in Christ. Because the dead in Christ will be risen first. That's the prophecy. That's the promise of God to us through the Apostle Paul. That the dead in Christ will be risen first. So before the rapture, there's going to be a, 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 a risen of the dead, which I don't hear a lot of preaching about this. It's like people have done away with the resurrection of the dead. Shalom, sister. And, 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 I, and it's like there's a wondering whether it's still going to happen. Well, God's not going to make us a promise that he's not going to fulfill. 
my brother and sister. God, God doesn't work like man. Men fail. Men forget. Forget. Not God. God is almighty. There is nothing he can do. All things are possible with him. And we have to be firm on that, my brother and sister, that God made us a promise that they will be risen first. So that's why this earthquake here that we're talking in Matthew 27, 54, is a supernatural earthquake that will be repeated again after the three days of darkness. Okay? I, it, there was a brother we were listening to on, on YouTube. He did not believe in the three days of darkness. He actually said that that was of the devil. And I'm like, you know, I tell my brother, if you don't, if you don't know something, okay, if you don't understand something, pray. Don't go and say on on on, on the internet, on television, whatever. Don't go and say that is not of God. Just ask God. Well, he just had a dream. After the three days of darkness, with all the birds, remember the dream God's given me? The beasts are going to eat all the birds during the three days of darkness. And he had it right after the three days of darkness. All the birds are gone. Same thing I saw, he saw now. Okay? God have mercy. So you can imagine saying, oh, it's not of God, and then God showing up. You're like, well, I didn't know that. So don't go quickly saying it's not of God. If you don't know one this thing, ask God. Ask the Lord. Even if I gave you a word or anybody, ask God about it. Take it to God in prayer. It's important you hear from him. Why? It's going to give you the peace from him. Yeah. It's going to anoint your life. <clears throat> it's going to anoint your soul, body, and soul, and spirit. You'll be blessed by it. Every word of God is a blessing. Yeah. Let him bless you. Seek for the confirmation. Okay, I'm going to show you the confirmation of the word tonight in the Bible. <clears throat> How God, what he said to Matthew, said it to Luke and Mark. Confirmation. The witness of two or three of Mary is settled. Okay, so behold, the veil of the temple was rented in two from the top to the bottom. An earthquake quick, quake, and the rock was rented. <clears throat> Excuse me, and the grave were open. Many body of the same who were asleep arose. Hello, everyone. How are you? We're back again. Came back. They came back again. He's coming back again. They're coming back again, my brothers and sisters. The Lord said they would. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Verse 53. And came out of the grave after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many because there must be a witness. God never did anything hidden. And there's nothing hidden that will not come out to light. Here's the thing. Everything we have said here on the Lord's Tower, most of all my prophecy, remember the Lord taking me to heaven a few months back, standing there in the throne with Jesus, Jesus said, what was said in the video, what he had me said, it will be exactly as it is, the three, the three signs video, he said. And I, what do I say? Yes, Lord. Okay? He's going to fulfill... When it's from God, it will be fulfilled 100%. No doubt about it. God will fulfill it. Shalom, Sister Wendy. It's important you understand that God is not a man that he will lie, but the son of a man that he will repent. Verse 54 now. Brother Tony, what say what is there? Yeah. <clears throat> now when the centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus 
saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And remember, back in you have back in Jeremiah centurions, right? Very humble people. They were servants. They were slaves. God wanted to save the poor, as he said. Jesus wanted to save these people. He loved them. He loved everyone anyway, but he wanted to save them. And he's given them a a, a, a sign that they can receive, they can believe. Yeah. See, God can speak to anyone at their level. Mm-hmm. We cannot speak to everyone at the level. There are people that you cannot speak to because they will not hear, hear you. But God can. Yeah. God can. All things are possible over him. If you're having problems speaking to somebody, your husband, your wife, your sons, your daughters, no problem. Ask God to do it for you. Pray and fast and say, Lord, Lord, you speak to him in a dream. Lord, you speak to her in a dream. Just ask the Lord. And when the Lord speaks to them, they'll, they'll, they'll come back and maybe say to you, maybe no, they have to speak. Every time I must confess that Jesus is the Lord for the glory of God. They will say, God spoke to me. And you'll be like, what? The most atheist will say, God spoke to me when God speaks to him. Because God knows how to. God knows how exactly how, uh, what can they understand? Because we, we don't have that ability. We're not God. You know how many things are impossible to us? Plenty of them. <laughs> there are plenty of things that you and I cannot do. Is there any, anything impossible for the Lord? I am not impossible. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Yeah. We need the Lord's help, my brother and sister, because then I will, will drown in problems and this and that. Has to be his help. Amen. So the centurion, who probably did not listen to Peter, Matthew, John, and Luke before, now that Jesus spoke to them, and oh, truly, this was the Son of God. You cannot say that unless you believe. Yeah, now they believe, yeah. Or he did, yeah. Yeah. Huh? You cannot say that unless you believe. He was truly the sons of God. That's truly it. Remember Jesus said, Barely, barely, I say unto you. That was the true word coming into his heart and life, changing him completely and him confessing the Lord as his Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. Came to salvation through Christ. Many women were beholding afar off and followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. Ministering unto him. Yeah. A man whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of uh, Jamie, Joseph, mother uh, of the Sadducee and children. In the evening had come, there came a rich man of Aramea named Joseph, who himself was, also was Jesus' disciple. See the People say, there was only 12 disciples. Uh, go back and read your Bible again, please. Yeah, hmm? there were more. <laughs> no, and they, they want to fight you. Where do you get your teacher? There was only 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. Go back and read your Bible again, please. Yeah, there's more. <laughs> uh, have you read about a name, man named Joseph, who himself was also Jesus' disciple? Oh, he was just, no, he was a disciple. The Bible says he was a disciple. And I believe the word. What do you think was? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would believe it too. You know, it says right there, a disciple. <laughs> yeah. We're many disciples. Yeah. God, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Many, yeah. So we went to Pilate, begged for the body of Jesus, and then Pilate came, uh, uh, commanded the body uh, to be delivered. Because I guess he was a rich, he was rich, you know, and, and I guess when he requested it, the, the, uh, he Pilate went and granted it. Amen. So Matthew 27, 24, 7, okay, 7 being perfect, and 24 events at the end, the, for nation shall rise against nation, it's been happening, yeah. kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilence and earthquake in diverse places. What are the signs of his coming? Because that is exactly what the disciple of Jesus in the month of Olives. Give us a sign of your coming. Or what will be the sign of your coming? So an earthquake needs to happen in the days that we're in now in order for people to know that Jesus is coming. This earthquake needs to be a powerful earthquake among us in order for people to say, this is from God. It has to be practically a supernatural earthquake, my brother and sister, that needs to happen. Because that's exactly what happened at the cross. Okay? That's what happened at the restoration of the dead. It rented the rock. Okay? We need to see here in the United States where we are, the rock rented, broken in two. It broke the rock in pieces. Okay? When an earthquake happened here in the United States, to be a sign of the coming of Jesus, I need to go outside, and I need to inspect this earthquake. And I need to find rock broken in two. And it's not because I'm an unbeliever. It's because I'm a believer in what the Word of God says. And I need to go ahead and go and inspect this earthquake, you know, and say, if anyone alive in California after this big earthquake comes, they need to go outside and inspect the earthquake and say, this is an earthquake of the coming of Jesus. This is. Because the Bible tells me so. And I have to have an evidence by the word, according to the word of what the Lord is saying. And God's going to prove to us his word. This is not something that we can say, well, you know, an earthquake happened. This has been an earthquake happening for years now. None of them are the biblical one, like the one we read in Matthew 27. This earthquake in Matthew 27 is biblical. It's final. It's an earthquake that says, this was the Son of God. This earthquake needs to speak of Jesus. The earthquake that is about to happen in America. It is about to happen in the world. It's going to be a powerful, powerful earthquake. My brother and sister, I had a dream from the Lord yesterday morning. In my dream, we were gathered around, around my house, and a tsunami came. This tsunami came with no warning. This tsunami, I saw the water rising coming up on the sea with 2,000 about 2,400 feet from the sea. 
And this water came near our home. Okay. And when I saw this, I immediately could recognize in the spirit, this is a tsunami the Lord has spoke to me about, or warned us about, my brother and sister. But what God was letting me know is that this tsunami that is coming, it's, I knew in the spirit, I can, I can receive it from the Lord, that it's going to be sooner than what we think, my brother and sister. And like I said before, I don't know what we've been thinking lately, but this tsunami is going to be sooner, my brother and sister. And it's going to be powerful. And many are going to lose their lives. I don't know how many millions or hundreds of thousands. You know, I could not tell much about this tsunami, but I knew it was large. Just as the Lord says last week to Sister Celestial, my daughter, New York, will be covered with water by a tsunami. And I know that for a fact. I remember standing when I was living in Massachusetts. The Lord took me back to New Jersey where I grew up, went to grammar school and high school here. And I was standing in, hallelujah, Bergenline Avenue in Union City, New Jersey, for those that are familiar. And from there, you can look up from the top of my building. I can look up to New York, New York and see the buildings. But I was there in Bergen Isle Avenue, I remember, next to, uh, that was 12th Street, okay? I'm trying to think if that was West Street, the next street next to it. But my brother and sister, I was next to my, to my friend's house there on 12th Street. And all of a sudden, boom, my brother and sister, tsunami had come and destroyed New York. When I looked, New York was completely underwater. I remember. I cried because I knew there were millions of people, children, women, all kinds of people in New York City back then. And I cried so much when the Lord showed me this. Okay? Because I remember the Empire State Building, the Twin Towers that, that were brought down by the terrorists or by whoever. Some people don't believe it was terrorists. And my brother and sister, they were completely covered by water, all buildings in New York back then. And I was crying because I know that millions of people, about 12-plus million people in New York City alone, down the, downtown New York, Manhattan. And so knowing that all those people had died, I was, I was crying, 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 crying. And again, it gives me the strong sense of what can I do? And what I can do is what I'm doing tonight. Warning. Warning. Because if we know this is going to happen, and God is telling us to speak, and we don't do it, we're being disobedient. As God says to the prophet, if you see the sword coming and you don't warn, you know, he will demand the blood of the prophet. And we can see, I can see the sword is coming. Death is coming. Millions are going to die. And we need to be obedient and warn people. Tell people what is coming. Although there are many that won't believe. 
So what? So what? You're not going to preach because many won't believe? Leave the, the unbelieving to themselves. Because the time of them believing is coming. This centurions did not believe before. But there came the time when the earthquake came that rented the rock, that broke the rock. Powerful earthquake that he believed. That's exactly what's going to happen. The Lord showed me later on in Massachusetts. He's bringing judgment in which the people, by hundreds of thousands, whoever is alive, are going to believe. The earthquake will convince a lot of people. They will remember everything the church has preached and said over the years when the earthquake comes. And this is the hour. Yesterday morning, followed today morning with the earthquake, the same. The Lord warned me that this judgment that is about to come is closer than what we think. Shalom, Brother Miguel. You need to understand the time will end. We're in time of the end. We are in time where the Lord said that his coming will be seen, will be known by the earthquakes, by pestilence in diverse places, earthquakes in diverse places, kingdom coming against kingdom, famine and pestilence earthquake in diverse places. This is exactly how things are going to manifest in the last days that we will know Jesus is coming. Because the earthquake of Matthew 24, I'm sorry, Matthew 27, 54, it was an earthquake that the rock was broke and chewed on pieces because it was powerful, the magnitude. See, it's not the same when the earth opened up. It's when the rock are broken, it's the power manifested. My brother and sister, they're coming. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 2. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled a stone from the door and set upon it. When the titanic play was shifted, I saw angel of the Lord who came and moved the play and caused this shifting of the earth, that the earth shook like a drunken. As the prophet said, there was a, a, a shift where nothing was stable anymore. Because everything that will be shaken will be shaken. That's what the word says. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's what time that we're in. Time of the end. And I saw angel doing this. Then when I read here Matthew 28, 20, verse 2, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. The Lord was sending his angel to do, to do this, to cause us, and they have the power from God to do it, and they're very obedient to God. Our brother, the angel, is going to do this. Yeah. Because the Bible calls him the son of God. We are the adopted son of God, so that we're brothers. They're going to do this. Our brothers are coming to do this by the order of Father. Here's a confirmation of Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 24, 7. Mark 13a, for nation to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there should be famine in diverse places, and there should be uh, earthquake in diverse places, and famine in, in, in trouble. For the, these are the beginning of sorrow. Hallelujah. 
my brother and sisters, Mark confirms Matthew. It's in the witness of 203, the Bible says. So there has to be a confirmation. But the earth, the people, community are about to go into trouble like they never thought possible in the last days. Trouble is what's coming. Economy is not going to, without California, Atlanta, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Think about without New York. Think about America without without all these states that are about to be destroyed. How good will the economy hold, Brother Tony? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's going to be a lot of trouble. I mean, just Washington alone, you know, it's right there on the coast, you know, Maryland, all these other states that are so populated, you know, so many people and uh, millions of people, you know, mm-hmm. that are, you know, that, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, like like we mentioned before, you know, it's uh, looting, it's, it's going to be chaos, you know, in the world, but it's, it's, it's just like the word says, you know, there's going to be trouble, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, famine troubles, you know, and it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be terrible, you know, it's just gonna be horrible for, for the world, you know, for, but that's when, that's when you would think, right, that's when they, they would repent, you know, but it, it's that earthquake that we've been talking to, that you, you know, that we've mentioned, it's, it's that earthquake that already happened back then in the times of Jesus, you know. But yeah, it's uh yeah, like the Lord already said, you know, the economy is gonna fall and so that right there that sounds like that's what it is, you know. When all when that chaos when that happens, you know, um uh yeah, how can the economy stand in something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. How can there be you know, it's just just fall, you know, just like the Bible says, you know, Babylon is fallen, the economy, you know, of this nation. Mm-hmm. Just just fallen, you know, it's just now it's where faith comes in, you know, it's, um, you know, the, the last believers, you know, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be, um, you know, just, just walking by faith, you know, it's, it's everything will be supplied to us by faith and, and, uh, that's how I see it. That's what I believe, you know, it's, uh, really, Amen. yeah. Amen. No, I'm going to ask people that when the orchid in California happens, send me an email, please. And when the Eastern tsunami happened, please send me an email. I, I want to have evidence in my email that it happened, you know? Yeah. Because we went preaching it for a while, and now we know it's about to happen until my brother and sister, these things, you know, the Lord showed me that, yes, last night, that it will, it's going to happen sooner than what we think, and that it's about to happen. Yeah. I mean... In a sense, when he was showing it to me, because I was there standing there, you know, in my mind at that very moment, it's closer than what we have in our mind, thinking in regard to time and season. Because we, we do think about time. We think about the things that God has said that are coming. And that's okay, because you're looking forward to his promise. Yeah. 
And it's not that we want to see people dying, but as we know that God, whatever he says, he fulfills. And a fulfillment of what he has said is coming. You know, the strong confirmation is, is, is here. And so this morning was a follow-up of the earthquake. And the follow-up was that after the earthquake, major re- retailers in the United States, like Walmart and them, began to go out of business. And, and people, my brother and sister, since most of the stuff that people buy is in Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, major retailers, they're not going to be around anymore. Sand Club, Costco, they're not going to be around. They'll be gone. They, they won't have supply. They won't be able to bring it from other nations anymore like they did. And so that very, at that very moment, then the, the country, you know, there's no Washington, D.C. It's all underwater for maybe months. The sea is all over Washington for months. You know that building where they print all that money? will be completely underwater. How are they going to print any more money? They won't be able to. My brother and sister. Okay, Nam responds from the White House. It's all gone. It's all history. Now the state needs to govern themselves. And, and they were calling each other. Governor were calling each other. And they decided, like the government from, from Texas, called the government from other states, north, like Indiana, Minnesota, different states, and say, hey, um, we're going to go ahead and, and, and um, begin to, 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 we need to take everything under control. So they're going to have to activate their own military, my brother and sister, in their own state. And put them in the borders. I remember one time I see military all over the border between state. You have to show a document in order to go to that state, come back in and out. That's another thing coming. They're going to grab people who had no document and remove them. Undocumented will be removed. Okay, because now they have to ration the food, the supplies. And it's not like before, like they will welcome people and try to help them out because everything was good. Well, not anymore. The people immediately go, goes like government goes, stay go, go like in, into their own lockdown. And say, all right, only our own here, residents here who can show uh, paperwork that they're from here, that they live here, would, can come in, in and out. That's it. So everything gets really tough for everyone, really like people cannot even imagine. All that system will come down eventually because judgment will continue in the states, but they try to bring everything under control themselves, govern themselves, you know. So here began moms and pop stores to come out even in people's homes. I saw a lady. We were, we were doing a line. My, my wife said she wanted a coffee this morning in my dream after the earthquake, after the tsunami, I'm sorry, and, and because Ra- Raleigh was gone. Charlotte was gone here in North Carolina. Only up here in Asheville in the mountain was practically safe. But the rest down, gone. No more. Any city Next to the coast in North Carolina are gone, completely underwater. People did not make it. 
Okay? Florida will be gone. Orlando, Miami, all those cities are gone completely. All underwater, over 100 feet of water over them. People cannot survive that unless you can swim so good, but then at the same time, the water is moving so quickly, even if you can swim, it's almost impossible to survive it. Electricity will over thousands of boats, of what, boats over the water. And that tsunami coming in, you try to swim, you hit the wire, you're gone. It, it's going to be deadly, even if you can swim. So, my brothers and sisters, so up here, again, we, we were lining up to buy a, a pot of coffee. lady was selling a pot of coffee. We could not even get coffee from the store this morning. We cannot go to the store, any market, any supermarket, because they, they all have none, and get a, 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 a container of coffee. We cannot even buy a container of coffee. My brother and sister, none, none. You cannot go on Amazon and order anything because everything is paralyzed. So this this lady, I guess she had she had a restaurant or something that she stuck up on coffee, and she started selling people a pot of coffee, you know, and people were lining up. And I was there with my with my daughter on my side in the line to buy a pot of coffee for my house. I don't drink coffee. My wife does and my son, but I don't. And they wanted coffee. And I went to get it. But I could see my brother and sister how difficult life was now. Everything was different, changed. You know, people will, will say, well, I, I need to go ahead and look for work. I'll, I'll go to work. But go work where? I mean, go look for work where? It's like people having a tough time getting used to, to life now. We're back to the 1600, 1800. You have to be, you have to get creative now. Whatever you have, you can trade it for something else. Okay, until the system comes back, until the water settles, it's complicated. And when the water settles, so much body everywhere. It's complicated. This is what about to happen. That if I ask anyone listening, are you prepared for this? They'll say, no. We're not prepared for the new life. But God is showing it to us. Show it to Sister Celeste. Show it to so many people in this past year and me. Of what is coming. That what do you think God's showing this for? There's a new life about to come. And the question is, are people ready? My brothers, here's another confirmation by Luke the Apostle in 21.11. In great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famine and pestilences, fearful sign and great sign shall be there be from where? Who is sending these things before his coming, Brother Tony? Yeah, from heaven. It's the Lord. Yeah. Just as it happened in the cross that that the centurion says, this is truly the Son of God. This was truly the Son of God. These signs that are coming, people will say, these are truly from God. Yeah. Because it's exactly what he has said to his servant, the prophet. Because he's not going to 
Bring nothing like this unless he refers first to his servant the prophet, he said. But that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's bringing his confirmation. He's bringing his sign before his return to let the world know time is up. Time is up, world people. And we need to be ready yeah. before everything comes quickly and take us by surprise. Because that's, that's what it did to me yesterday morning when he began to show me this, that we will be caught by surprise if we're not prepared. And then we will be asking ourselves, how did this happen so quickly? How did this happen unaware? Because earthquakes and tsunami happens unaware. You don't, we don't have a concrete sign. I went to buy an earthquake sensor what is it? PF Wave, I think they call them. That's what it thinks. P Wave. And it's the earthly wave that they get, the P Wave, before an earthquake happens. So, me looking into the different companies and see what they had, you know, that I can use. Remember in the other house, I think I left it in the other house. They didn't bring it here. I had it right on, on, on between the hallway up, up in there. It will, it will pick up the P Wave. And every time there was an earthquake, it will sound like an alarm. Uh, it will give you the specific sign, sound that an earthquake was happening. And we just had an earthquake. Sister sent me a link here in North Carolina, close to where I used to live. So that, that probably went off crazy. Imagine, imagine the people thinking, what in the world is that noise? Mm. And that P wave, it catches it. Because it, it, it get released quickly from the earth when an earthquake happens. And so I got to look into getting another one here for the house. It's really cool to have a device like that because it really helps you to to know uh, when things are, are, when an earthquake is going to happen. And then you can, you know, be alerted of it, my brother and sisters. But, the, you know, these are the tools they have created, my brother and sister, that are not 100%. They tell you on papers, not 100%. Nothing is 100% down here. People, when they buy a car, when they buy a house, they immediately think everything will work 100%. And when something breaks down, they pull in the air. How did this? How did the new car break down? How did this house, new house, new fridge break down? Nothing is 100% down here. I, I, I went to the millennium, I remember, and I saw a fridge and a stove, and I immediately knew, made by the wisdom of God in heaven, that that was not going to break in a, in a thousand years. You're going to look up store, fresh in the millennium. Yeah. And by the wisdom of God, by the intelligence of God, yeah. you're going to look at it and say, this is not going to break yeah. in a thousand years. Yeah. Wow. My brother and sister. Yeah. Because it is made well. It is made to last. I saw a generator in the millennium. For a whole community. This thing was more like a little box. And this generator was providing power nonstop and quiet more. That's how we call it here. Quiet more. It made no sounds. Yeah. It was in quiet more. I imagine the ultra quiet more. But it was in quiet more. Mm. And it was running 
and it was creating power for the whole neighborhood. And in my calculation, knowing about uh, solar power and power, how much kilowatt you usually need for a home is between, I believe, 32 kilowatt normally. And that's how you, you when you're going to buy solar, you buy 23 and up kilowatt. Normally, that's between what a normal house will use. And so this thing can, can produce maybe 5 million kilowatt small and quiet more without heating up or anything. How, do, how can they make something like that? It doesn't need gas. It doesn't need solar. It doesn't need anything. It just runs. How? <laughs> since, since it's made in heaven, you may need a few millions a year of knowledge to learn how to make something like this. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can learn in heaven in a few months or in a few hours. Okay, in the mind of God, in the wisdom of God. God can get, release that wisdom into your life and your perfect new body where you'll use 100% of your mind. And then when you look at this thing for a few hours in heaven, you will know exactly how each parts are put together inside, where it won't break, it will not heat up, and it will run and quiet more, completely quiet, and run, you know, a few thousand home. My brother and sister, the wisdom of God, who taught him first is Romans. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. But yes, this earthquake coming is deadly. And it's going to caught people by surprise. People will be caught by surprise. And God doesn't want us to be surprised. That's why Jesus said to watch and pray. Okay. Because his coming will be unaware. That's why we were not told the day and hour of his coming. Because watching and praying keeps us in obedience. Watching and praying keeps our, our flesh submitted to the Spirit. Yeah. If you don't pray, if you don't watch, if you don't fast, pray, and watch, your flesh don't get submitted. Your flesh will have an opinion that is not of God. And that's not what we want. We must walk in the spirit, not in the desire of a flesh. Because the desire of a flesh, the desire of to are unto death. Brother Tony, tell us about the desire of the flesh, Brother Tony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we read about it, you know, and Paul understood that very well. You know, he talks a lot about it in his uh, in his letters. And, uh, you know, we see the example of Jesus, you know, when the flesh wanted to take over, you know, when he wanted to, you know, um, and he, when he said, uh, Father, you know, not my will, you know, because that was, that was the flesh, you know, he was, um, we see his example, you know, <clears throat> we see how Paul describes, you know, this flesh, it is, Jesus even said it, the, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. It's the, it's the, this flesh, you know, um, just like the Bible says, can inherit eternal life, neither, you know, it's because it's, it's, uh, it's the fallen, it's fallen, you know, and like, just like the Bible says, and, uh, but the, you know, the Lord, the spirit, you know, the Lord is willing to help us. He's our strength, you know, and that's why we have to always walk according to, you know, according to the, to the word, you know, not according to our opinion, because our opinion, you know, 
really is nothing, you know, before Father because it's it's sometimes most of the time is is the flesh is speaking, you know, it's most most of the time is the flesh. Um, that's why we have to be in His will, according to how He shows it, you know. Um, just like that example you gave earlier, I, I really like that you said. Um, that brother that that said he don't believe, you know, three days of darkness, you know. Sometimes it's it's you know someone's opinion, especially putting it putting it out there, you know, especially when the Lord has you know shown it, you know. Sometimes it's the flesh gets in the way, and we have to. That's why every word, that, even every word that we speak, you know, it has to be according to to. To, to God's will, to his how, you know, to what, you know, to what he says, you know, it's always according to what the Lord says, you know, and uh, um, it's best to go that route, you know, go that route with the Lord, it's always according to what he says, you know, to what he says and uh, and uh, walk in the spirit, you know, because our flesh wants to take over, you know, a lot of times and we have to really be careful because then we're going to be, we have to repent many times because our flesh just takes over. You know, but we, we have the Lord, our helper, to, you know, we have to submit this flesh. And there's many ways, you know, there's more than one, one way to do that, you know. One of the best ways is fasting. Um, as the Lord taught us, you know, submitting the flesh is through fasting. Um, and just simply surrendering to the Lord, to the, to the Holy Spirit, you know. And, uh, and um, but it's the best way to go. That's the best way to go. And, you know. Walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. As you say, the day of the Lord is coming. He remember him saying he didn't believe. He 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 said that the day that the people that believe in the three days of darkness that was not of God. Yeah. And I was like, mm. how can you say that without really, you know, seeking it from God? Yeah. Did God tell you it was not His? First of all, God will never go against His word. The word through his prophet. Right. And this, this, our, our firmament in the word, yeah. our true knowledge of, of God, of the word, comes through, through what God says through his prophet. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where we, we can go in, into the word of God and say, hey, you know, this was said but by the prophet, and we can look it up and respect it, you know. Yeah. Not question this. Hallelujah. Amos 5.18. Okay. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end it is for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. What are we waiting for for the Lord? His day is coming. But it comes with darkness. Mm-hmm. Darkness will be seen first. My brother and sister. Amen. Amos 5.20. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and no light? Every dark and no bright in it. Okay? My brother and sister, God created darkness. Okay? What darkness are the prior referring to the three days of darkness? Okay? My brother and sister, when Jesus gave out the ghost... There was darkness from that very hour yeah. upon the earth. Okay? And all that had his reason. It all had his reason. Did he abandon his people at that very moment? No. On the contrary, 
in his day, his time to do the supernatural, to make the things happen for us. When the Lord showed me this, he came, I remember, at the end of the three days of darkness, Jesus come as the resurrection on the third day and changes our body into a glorified body. So, yes, it's sad because all this evil gets released upon the earth during the three days. And like in his dream, you know what he saw in his dream? All, remember what I share here? All the birds were gone. He says all the cardinal were gone. No more singing cardinal, anything, no birds. Why? Because the demons are going to eat them. They're going to kill them during the three days of darkness. And that's what one sign the Lord has given me. Okay? So he has said, oh, this is not of God. And then God showed it to him as in a dream very clear. And he was shocked by it, like, wow. See, we're not going to come here and lie and deceive anyone. This is not what is this about. We have better things than deceiving people. Not about that. We got to speak things that the Lord is showing it to us. Because the Lord will confirm his word. He will give people dreams and vision if they ask. Yeah. You know? But his word, his word, his word cannot lie. So another day of the Lord be no light, even very dark, mm-hmm. yeah. and no bright in it. Actual 20, so the sun, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord. Come. That great and notable day of the Lord now is the second coming. We're talking about when the Lord comes to change his bride. What Paul says first, because a lot of people confuse the two. Okay? The notable day is when the Lord comes with all his angels in the cloud and no eyes will see him. That's the notable day. It uses the word notable. Because that's the, the, the day where every eye will see him. So that's notable. That's something that people say, here he is, here he is, here, there he is. And he will be among the people. He will be in the cloud, though. And he'll come with his army. And he'll send us to, to go fight the enemy. We're coming back with him. So it's a day for us that we're going to look forward to. As the Lord, she even show me that second coming. But in this coming for the bride, it is a, it's the day of the Lord to change his bride. It's going to change us into a glorified body like angels. And then send us out in the revival, which I believe will happen after the death, of, after the death in Christ. I still have questions how these events will come to pass. Because I know, the, I know one thing. It says that before the rapture, the dead in Christ will be risen first. That's an event that's going to happen. So this is how I believe that it's going to happen. The bride will get changed into a glorified body. Those that will be working for the Lord. Okay. Then he'll send us out. And while we're still here in a glorified body, because I remember this is how it happened, the Lord showed me. Because my father got resurrected right after that. I don't know how many days or weeks. They were resurrected. Many, I saw many in the resurrection of those that went home to be in with the Lord. They're, they're going to resurrect back in their body. Uh, I cannot say in their body's glorified body that the dead in Christ will have. 
because I, it looked to me they had like a natural body. I think they were young in the 20s, yes. Okay. But they might be the same. I don't know if they're the same as the bride, though. But it's, it's, we still have a lot of questions that we don't know the answer to. The Lord would give us more. Because I, I also heard someone say, why would they be different if they're dead in Christ? But didn't the people in the resurrection, the first resurrection, in the time of Jesus in Matthew 27, people saw their dead resurrected? Yeah. Okay? They didn't say if they have special bodies, though. Brother Tony, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't. It, it don't say, uh, at least I don't remember that it said anything about, you know, if they were. They just came back to life. Yeah, they just appeared to many, you know, it says, as we read earlier, they appeared to many, and, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I know it's all those that were in Abraham's bosom, mm -hmm. you know, those people that were there, mm -hmm. that resurrected, but, I mean, they were, it was like a witnessing, right, they were witnessing, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure they were telling people about, you know, uh, about seeing the Lord, because mm -hmm. that happened, you know, when the, when the Lord went. Or at least they witnessed, you know, about the Lord. Um, I'm sure they did. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the bride is, especially the one that's still on the earth, us now, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good, that's a good question, you know. But I feel like uh, we're going to be empowered, you know, by Father. This is coming, like, you know, by the Lord. It's, it's something very special. I, I do have questions, too, about, that, you know, the resurrection of the dead, you know, the, those that will be resurrecting. It happens after we get a glorified body. Okay. That's the way the Lord showed it to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he showed it to me in that. Because I, I was in my glorified body. My father was resurrected back in the Dominican. And I said to my aunt on the phone, hold on. Mm. And boom, I was there within a second in my glorified body. Yeah. They were like. Like, you're here already? Yeah. You know? And, like, yes. So where's my father? Oh, he's in the bathroom. Uh -huh. And when I went, they had, like, a, a, a quail over him. Uh -huh. and But he was naked. And I was very happy, you know. I wanted him to stand so I can give him a hug, but he, he was naked. He just, you know, they didn't have clothing. And she said, can you get clothing for your father? That's the part that. And I was like, oh, yeah. In the back in America, my closet, I had. A lot of, of my old clothes that, you know, because now I'm a glorified body. Yeah. So I said, all right, let me, I'll be back. Let me go get some clothing. I was like, uh -huh. boom, boom, and second back and forward and here. Yeah. And I brought, I, I brought to my father back to the Dominican. I went in, a, in less than a second. I came back in less than a second in my glorified body. I had a bunch of pants, shirt, and all that in my hand uh -huh. to for my father to wear to somebody because I was thinking, there are more other guys there that, that resurrected with my father that die in Christ. So I brought some clothing for my father and some clothing for the other people, you know. And I said, hey, I brought, I brought enough clothing uh, here. And, and they were yeah. getting dressed. Oh, thank you, thank you. But I remember the beautiful smile and the y younger body. Okay. Uh, what I could not tell is specifically... Whether they're in a glorified body, I don't think they are. Okay, for some reason. But they look younger, right? Like yes, they did. Oh, okay. They did look younger. Okay, 
But I also know and understand now, which I didn't understand before. I didn't know this before. This was been the Lord a few weeks revealing this stuff to me, that they're going to be part of the revival. I didn't know that this last rain, last rain, last pouring of the Holy Spirit that God promised through the prophet, through the prophet, okay, their part, we are part and they're part of it, okay, in the revival, my brother and sister. And there's even a movement of God during this revival in Israel. There's going to be a movement that we're not so much aware of it, that the Lord will probably give us more in the days to come. I don't think we have much, but, you know, it's going to be awesome movement because the Bible says in, in, in Romans 11 that when he returns, okay, there's going to be a salvation for Israel, my brother and sister. Like it's something that the Lord wants to bring into, um, bring in the, bring them into, my brother and sister, into the great tribulation. It says, um, uh, Romans eleven twenty five. For I, brother, will not have you be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should also be wise in your own conceit. Blindness in part happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentile comes in. When does the fullness of the Gentile comes in? Well, it comes in, my brother and sister, when the rapture of the church, the rapture of the church happens. Is what I believe. Okay, because the Gentile will be in Jerusalem for 42 months. The Bible says God will allow them to trip in Jerusalem for 42 months. I don't know if that 42 months. Because it's all army going against Israel. I don't think that them will be spared because Revelation 19 says that that's what he gives to me, all of them, of cotton and gray to the bird. Total destruction over them. So that's why I believe backing up a little back to the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the church, before the Great Tribulation began, the church disappeared because revival had already happened and all that. And then the Great Tribulation began. We get to go home before the great tribulation begins. Okay? I've seen Jesus coming to us at the end of the revival and asking us, did you finish what I gave him you to finish? And as we were coming to the Lord, those that had a glorified body that went around the world doing the revival for Jesus. Okay? Remember last week when I saw Brother Tony, his glorified body, he, he says to me, Brother Elvie, I just want to finish this work. And I saw him like lightning, because I could see him like, like the flash, just like the flash. He was going, I can see the lightning coming out of his body as he moved on the power of God, getting people out of the way. And I was telling him, Brother, Brother Tony, will you please, like, I wanted to speak to him, like, slow down, brother. He's like, no, brother, I want to finish this, because I think it's hit thing is, I want to go home. Brother, I want to go home, brother. I want, if you want to stay, if you, <laughs> you can stay, but I want to go home. <laughs> and it's not that I want to stay, brother Tony. Yeah. It's that, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. I like to calculate things. I like to 
But you're like, no, our job is to get these people out of harm, bring them to the group that are evangelizing them and having them confess the Lord. Yeah. My job is to get them out of the harm. And you were like, boom, before. But I noticed something, in, you know, it's a confirmation like two or three times that I received. Yeah. Is this word the word the word the battle the 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 fighting word is going on between China and the United States while we are in a glorified body moving around saving people. Okay. One of the things that was saving people from is all these Russian sniper, uh, I mean Chinese night snipers that are pointing the rifle to the people that were supposed to lead to the Lord that are not in glorified bodies, that can be killed, can be harmed. God is using not to save these people out of harm. Okay. okay. This is something you don't hear from many preachers. You don't hear from people saying, because a lot of people, oh, how are these people going to be surviving when, when China invades America and Russia? How are these other people going to survive this? You hear a lot of people saying this, but they forget that God has a plan. God has a plan. You think that the world is going to take God by surprise? No. no. You think the enemy can have a plan that God doesn't know? Let's say God has plans that the enemy doesn't know. And he hears it for the first time through the church, through the preacher, through us. It's that he hears God's plan for the first time. Oh, that's how he's going to do it, the enemy will say. My brother and sister, he doesn't know God's plan. And God knows every little of his plan before he even makes them. Yeah. My brother and sister, our God is God. Our God is the great I am, the Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator of heaven, in the earth and everything in it. No one can surprise him. No one can have a, pr- a plan that he doesn't know. His plan, his enemy doesn't know. My brother and sister, this is not going to come here and destroy America and destroy God's people and God's chosen and God elect those that are written in the book of life. They're not going to come in and just kill them and destroy them. Huh. God has a greater army than they. And when he, when he gives us a glorified body, okay, their plan will come to none, to not. They, their plan will be limited. They'll be frustrated, okay? They'll be frustrated, my brother and sister, because the power of Almighty God will be in our lives, available for his, for his chosen one. And this is what they don't know. That they cannot surprise God. That they cannot ruin his plan. No one can. God is in control. Father is in control. The Lord is in control. And that's what we need to believe. His word is true till the end. He spoke about from the beginning about the end. He announced it. He told us how things will be. And not one one thing can be changed. Everything will be exactly as he said, because he's God Almighty. We just need to trust him. Trust him to the end. My brother and sister, 
and see his mighty plan. Romans 11, 20 says, So all Israel shall be saved. How much of Israel? Read it, Brother Tony. Yeah. And, uh, and so all Israel sh uh, shall be saved. As it is written, There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So, yeah. So, how does thing go about happening? All Israel, yeah. How does everything goes about? I said it is what? I said it is what? As it is written, yeah. Written. It's not I said it is planned. He said I said it is written. Everything of the end is already written in the book of the prophets. Yeah. And God will fulfill it exactly. You want to know more about the end, read the book of Daniel. Mm. Read Revelation. Read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. I said it's written that shall come out a sign of deliverer. That come out of a sign of the Messiah, the deliverer. That would turn away the ungodliness. Why? Because he is the Lamb of God that taketh the sins of the world. Yeah. He is the Lamb of God. He takes it the sin of the world. It comes out of Zion. It comes out of heaven. I didn't know there was a city called Zion. Much about it. And one time I was taken to Zion in heaven. I didn't know there was such a holy, holy, holy city. I heard about the New Jerusalem because that's what the preacher in my church used to preach all the time. But never did I thought there is a city in heaven called Zion. The city of God. The city of the patriarch. The city of Enoch said, Lamech, and then, I didn't know this. And it's in the Bible, Genesis 5, Zion. And God took me there. The holiness of the city hit me. Like a 250-mile train coming at me. Whoa, what a holiness and righteousness in that city. And immediately at me, from that city came, this is Zion, the city of God. Yeah. This is the Zion city. They said that at one time that city was on the earth. And that the, the sons of Enoch were so holy that walk in Zion that that city was taken to heaven. I heard preacher years ago say that Zion and Jerusalem were the same. No, they're not. I thought it was the same. And so I was taken to Zion, the city of God. Hallelujah. That city is so holy. Enoch was sent to his family to be told to walk in holiness and righteousness with God. He told all that generation. And all that generation applied before Enoch walked with God and disappeared. 
And that God giving them that city of Zion, beautiful built. And they they were so holy that before the 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 a God that threw in the earth with water, he took the city out. As he did with the garden, remember the garden? Where is the garden of Adam and Eve? In heaven. In one place in heaven. And where is Zion? In another place in heaven. I didn't know this this way until the Lord showed it to me. Like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, thank you, Lord. So, praise you, Lord. The Bible says, that's, hallelujah. So, all Israel shall be saved as it rain. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer. That to turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. It has to come from Zion. Notice this. It doesn't say the New Jerusalem. It says Zion. Zion. My brothers and sisters. The city of Zion. That holy and righteous city. Where, hallelujah. Because Jacob and his descendants are the children of those Lamech. He died at 77 years of age. He had his son, Enoch, uh, no, uh, Noah. He was the father of Noah. He died at night in, in Genesis 5, 77. All that generation that, that knew about Zion, that was so holy and righteous, that those are the generations of Seth. You know who Seth is? The third son of Adam and Eve. After he, after, after Seth came, then the Bible said, then the people call upon the name of the Lord. Holy and righteous generation. They all live close to a thousand years with God. They walk with God and live for God. So then came Noah and all that generation before God took home. They all live close to a thousand years. And God took home all that generation. And then Noah was the last one out of all of them. The last one, Noah. Then Noah walked in righteousness with God. And so God had grace upon Noah. And God used Noah. Notice that since Noah came from Lamech, nobody else was righteous before God but Noah. Not his wife. Not even his sons. But God had mercy on, on Noah's son and wife because of Noah. Yeah. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. And God knew why. And the evidence that only Noah was righteous, out of the sons of Noah, came later on. What did they come? Giants. Giants, my brother and sister, came later on. As it was before, said Genesis 6, and was in after. After and before. God, God it's clear, my brother and sister. Sin will always cut up to anyone who does it. God have mercy. So, verse 27, for this is my covenant unto them. When shall I take away their sins? When did this covenant was made and promised? 
It was made to the righteous and holy generations of Seth. This is a covenant. He made it with them. And so Jacob, Israel, the God gives us, and the godliness from Jacob, then comes Israel, or Jacob is Israel. God has to fulfill this in the great tribulation. He has to. The children of Israel need to go into seven-year great tribulation with the great knowledge of God. That's how it is. And God is so faithful that he's sending them two witnesses. Two witnesses. Okay? Witness of what? What did they witness that they need to come to them and tell them about? What have they seen that they need to come to the children of Israel and tell them about? What the Enoch saw and what the Moses saw, you and I know exactly what Moses saw. He saw how God used him to get the children of Israel for 430 years in bondage in, 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 in Egypt out into the promised land. Hallelujah. Moses saw the hand of God in Egypt, how he plagued them to take his children out. And brought them into the promised land, which he promised them and gave it unto them. But what the Enoch saw, what the Enoch saw, Enoch did not only saw giant in the land, and giant that came to him that they wanted to repent for the evil they had done. Enoch lived in Zion, so Zion, so the mighty hand of God, a holy and righteous people. And saw the faithfulness of God upon them. And he's coming to the children of Israel during the great tribulation to tell them about Zion. And Moses is coming to them to tell them of what God did through the wilderness all the way into the promised land. Witnesses, witnesses see. Hallelujah. Witnesses see and testify. When you bring them to court, they testify. The children of Israel need witnesses, God is saying. And I'm going to send them too. And they're going to, they're going to see the witnesses. And they're going to repent. They're going to hear. These witnesses are so accurate. They're so good in preaching the word that all Israel will be saved. All Israel. No, that's a good evangelist, let me tell you. The whole nation can say, praise you, Lord, praise you, God. <laughs> oh, Israel, what we say, think about it. Yeah. Those are really good witnesses. And concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. <laughs> so what is this saying? The fathers, who are their fathers? The generations of sex. They are the fathers. Because all the children of Israel came from them through Noah. Yeah. So these are these these are their Lamech and them grandchildren. Wouldn't God God said he will to, God said that he will keep his faithfulness up to a thousand generations. Doesn't he say that? Of them that fear him and keep his commandment? Yeah. A thousand generations. He will visit the iniquity 
of them that hate him unto the fourth generation. But a thousand generations he'll keep his faithfulness. God's going to keep it all the way to the end of the seven-year great tribulation to that. Thousand generation. But it cannot go beyond a thousand, though. It cannot be a thousand and one. Now, we have thousand. He only said a thousand. So all the way from Messiah, hallelujah, to the end of the great tribulation, it's a thousand generation. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 29. For the gift and the calling of God are without repenting. What do you understand that, Brother Tony? Yeah, I've understood that through my walk in the, in, in, the, in the Lord that when he gives you a gift, everything he does is especially a gift. When he gives you a gift, it's eternal. Um, when he gives you um, a gift, he don't... I've learned, I'm learning that he don't take gifts away when it comes to... Testify, bro. Testify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, for example, he... he, he you know, just an example. He he gives people gifts just like it says in Ephesians, right? Um, uh, just like he ascended into heaven and gave gifts unto men. Amen. You know, I believe he don't take gifts away. You know, for example, he gave me one gift, and and I've seen that gift ever since. Um, he he gives people accordingly. He knows everyone's heart. You know, he knows what to give to people. You know, um, there's certain gifts that he I didn't know we didn't know we have. You know, like he told me gifts of faithfulness uh, you know I started searching that up and and then he starts telling you other gifts that you didn't know but he don't you don't take those gifts away but it says right there you know clearly for the gifts and, and calling of God are without repentance is you know it's what he did is what it is you know just like grace you know the gift it, of it, let me tell you God has repented for a few things he has done yeah he repented he created man yeah but not about the gift he doesn't repent yeah, yeah, it's very clear, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. So the way to understand this is that without repenting, because if when you look up in the Word, what they got repented for, we found another verse. There was another verse, I'm trying to remember, where the Bible said God repented. Is that when he, uh, did, like in the days of Noah, right? Is that, what that was one. Oh, okay. He says that he repented, he had made men, but there was another repentance. That um, I'm trying to think, I'm like, uh, try to think about that other repenting that, that God said He repented for. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Because this, this is what helps you understand repenting. Okay. Oh, is that when, uh, when, uh, when the people, uh, when the people and uh, Jonah, when they, they got repented of the, of the, of the evil, is that it? Or? Well, here's, here's uh, Exodus 32, 14. The Lord repented of the evil which he had thought to do unto his people. Wow. It's important that we look this up, brothers and sisters, that you understand this from, from the Bible, from the Word of God. Yeah. Yes, judgment and Nineveh. Thank you, Brother Miguel. Amen. But he, he, was, he was one. Yeah. Here's one. Let me look up the other one. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. First Samuel. Okay, first Samuel 1535. Samuel came no, no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul 
And the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Okay, these are repenting that when you look them up in the Bible, they're very significant. Yeah. Okay, very, very significant, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Since Second Samuel twenty four sixteen, and when the angel of the Lord stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy, the Lord repented of the evil and said unto the unto the angel who destroyed the people, It is enough. Stay now, uh, stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord, by the stretching uh, place, uh, Urana in the Juba side. So another time God repented. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to God. Hallelujah. We we read another Jeremiah 26. This is the Kia of Judah and put him all to death. Did not hear the fear of the Lord. We saw the Lord and the Lord repented of the evil which he had pronounced against them that might be uh, procure great evil against their soul. Mm. The Lord repented, brother. Another yeah. time here. This is important because when you understand the mind and heart of Christ yeah. in regard to what we do, how we behave, it's important. Yeah, it you is. know. For sure. That we have a good understanding of this. Yeah. Okay? And then Amos seven three, the Lord repented concerning this, it should not be, says the Lord. And then I you gotta look this up, the meaning of it. Going back to verse one, that says the Lord, God shown unto me, behold, the former grasshopper in the beginning of the shooting up of the ladder grow, and lo, it was the ladder grow after the king mowing. And it came to pass that when they had made an end of eating the grass of the land, then, then I said, O Lord, forgive, I beseech thee, by whom shall all Jacob arise, for he is small. He cried for the people. And the Lord repented of this, and shall not be, saith the Lord, O man. And the Lord God shone unto me, and behold, the Lord God called to contend by the fire, and devoured the great deep, and ate it up apart. This was like a judgment mm-hmm. with a prophet had to intercede, brother. Yeah. And the Lord repented. Oh, Lord, he is merciful. Yeah. If, if people can only understand the, the, the heart of God, that mercy trying over judgment, and when the prophet pray, oh, Lord, God have mercy. Yeah. He repented. Hallelujah. And again, the Lord, uh, Amos 7, 6, the Lord repented concerning this also. Shall not be saved, the Lord. You know, thank you, Lord. And then, hallelujah. Thus uh, say the Lord, I host, I should punish when you and your father provoke me to wrath, saith the Lord, I host, and repent it now. Okay. Thank you, Lord. There was time when the Lord says, okay, enough. And there are times where God doesn't repent of declaring a judgment. And I believe this time is because, especially when people don't repent, yeah. you know, people don't recognize that they're, they're wrong, yeah. that their actions are evil. Sure. Then God says, okay, enough. Yeah. So it's important that uh, we, we do sincere repenting, Brother Tony. It is important, yeah. Thank it's, you, Lord. It's, yeah. Acts 16. 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all doors were open, and everyone band were loose. I believe this is going to happen. I truly believe this. 
people that are in prison are going, especially people that are in prison innocent, mm-hmm. without, because we, we know cases of people going to prisons that has done no evil. Yeah. They've just been confused by, by someone else and confused to be in someone else, and they're in prison. And I believe an hour is coming, these people that are repentant, that are seeking God in prison, where things, the earthquake will open all the doors for them, and they will be out of prisons, my brother and my sister. It doesn't matter if the prison's doors are made of steel. Steel bends under the power of God. Steel melts under the power of God. And the days are coming, okay? The elements, which are steel, most all elements, foundations are made of steel. The Bible says will melt. Yeah. Okay, and this is the end time where steel will go, will melt. We saw like in the plane of the twin tower. They had to, they had to uh, hire uh, scientists and specialists to figure out how, when those planes hit those towers, what made those towers made of steel, the strongest steel you ever saw. You had to look at the beams made of solid steel that those towers were made of. And, and, and if you saw it, you will say that, even there were people say that that could have not happened. Ancient Neil that said that that should have not happened. That those steel was strong enough to withstand those planes hitting it. And why did they melt it and fell down? Because God said they were going to fall down. God said it. Why they why why did Goliath fell down? Because God said it through David. Yeah. It's not if it can take the force or not. It's that when the spoken word of God happens, if the word of God through everything was created will fulfill Jesus says. Yeah. So what is sent for? What is sent to do? In that very moment, the word was spoken. When God has said through his prophet years ago that the twin tower will fall, that word was waiting the right timing to hit the tower. And when the plane hit, that was the right moment to happen. And they melted down. A lot of people went to see that and could not believe that steel can be melted. And that way, can return to nothing. It's the word of God that they forget, in which everything was created. God can speak a word and create a planet with life in it that will last forever. Explain that to me, and I'll tell you how the tower melted. Thank you, Lord. It's the power of God that has no limit and no limitation. And it's taking humanity years to understand this. But in the last day when their eyes see it, Oh, their heart will melt, the Bible says in Revelation. Their heart will melt from seeing the things that they will behold. They will see that God is not a man, that he will like the son of man, that he will repent. These are the day of Elijah. That Elijah will spoke a word, and you, go, you can go and see it. He says to her servant, go see as he pray for rain. He prayed first that it will not rain. He said for three years they will not rain in the land. And Jezebel and her priest thought and said, who is Elisha? Who is Elisha? 
that will proclaim a word of it, O Israel. And she went and sent her priest, hallelujah, proclaiming rain. And for three years, it did not rain. Then Elisha sent a word to the king and said, it will rain, king. It will rain now. Hallelujah. And again, the priest, the priest of Jezebel was, were bringing the contrary to what Elisha said. If Elisha said it will not rain for three years, the priest went to Mount Carmel to pray that it will rain. Guess what? They prayed for three years and did not rain under the word of Elisha from God. Because it was not just the word of Elisha. It was the word of God in the mouth of Elisha. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Then again, hallelujah, Elisha sent them word after they were worried and concerned and the soul, the heart were melting. That it was going to rain that very day. And early in the morning, the Bible says Elisha arose with his servant and went to pray. And Elisha began to pray and told his servant, go and tell me what thou seest. And the servant goes to see as Elisha is on his knees crying out to God. Servant goes to see if he sees any cloud. And he says, I see a tiny cloud. Go back to Elisha. He said, Elisha, I see a tiny cloud, Elisha. And Elisha continued to pray and said, go see what you see now. And he began to see cloud forming. You know, three, four hours later, Elisha still in prayer, and the cloud began to form. At the end of the day, my brother and sister, through the night, it was storming, raining. It had not rained for three years under the word of God through the mouth of Elisha. Now, under the word of Elisha, again, the word of God in the mouth of Elisha. It rained all night long. My brother and sister, they had more rain than they ever had before. Thank you, Lord, for all the animal for the land. Because without rain, you cannot grow anything in the land. The land was barren. The land could not produce anything. Everything died. Cattle. You know, you know how many how many uh, months it takes for crocodile in the river to they dry to die. Nine months, seven to nine months. For cattle to die, five to seven months, in case you didn't know that, because this happened in Africa. About five to seven months, the cattle began to drop dead. Elephants, wild bullock, all began to drop dead in Africa. To five to seven months without water. Bapra and sister. In nine months, they're practically all dead without water. They need water to survive. Three years in Israel without rain. You will you to find a cattle alive after that is almost impossible. My brother insisted. Because in a time like this, whatever water you have, people are priority. Your family, your children need to drink first. You're not gonna give it to the animal. But if you have dog, if you have cattle that you value you share your water. For three years, they were sharing the water they have with the cattle, with the dog, with the animal, so it will not die. So when they heard that the prophet Elijah said it will, be, it will rain, it was a big celebration. You don't understand three years without rain. 
that is a long time for anything to be alive. The land was, you can only see curses everywhere, dead body everywhere. After the three years, after the first years, then come the second year, then come the third years. You don't, you cannot imagine the pain of having no water for three years. You cannot. All lakes, rivers are completely dry in three years with no water, with no rain. And the stinkiness of dead is unheard of. That's what they went through. You cannot imagine the pain and suffering for three years under the word of God through the mouth of Elisha. It just tells you how in control God is of everything. And then the rain come, it flooded the land, it flooded the lake, it flooded the river. There was water everywhere, abundance of water. Again, life came back again, my brother and sister. And how did they begin to have cattle and all that? Whatever little cattle they were able to survive, one or two, they, they had to multiply that from there. But it was a lesson for all Israel to remember. My brother and sister, the God is in control. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We're back almost to this time. And God is about to give this nation and the world lesson. Like he did with, with Israel back in the time of Jezebel, a priest. They have fallen so much in deep worshiping a demon because now they find out here in America and the world that what America is worshiping now, what the world is worshiping now, I heard, I was shocked by this. I was very shocked when I found out a few weeks about this. That the same God, Jezebel and her priest worship, are the same God that are being worshipped in America and around the world. I was shocked by this. Someone did a study who looked up all the name of the gods that Jezebel and her priest worship. And then when they put it now, it was the same God that in the inauguration of Biden's, America began to worship. This same God, Jezebel and her priest worship in Mount Carmel. Same God by name. It is the same God that Pelosi and Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and them, the same name they began to proclaim, they began to worship in the inauguration of Joe Biden. What a coincidence. This is a big coincidence. Big coincidence that the same God, that God punished the children of Israel for three years without water because of worshiping of these gods through the prophet Elisha. It's the same God America have began to worship. My brother and sister in Washington, D.C. Can you imagine the curse? that came upon the children of Israel for three years where they lost all their cattle, which means all their economy, because their cattle was their economy. Meat had always been a good market for any, for any city, any country. They lost all their chickens, all their animals, wild deer, wild everything, birds will die without water. Because birds don't eat a salty water from the sea. They eat the water from the rivers and the lake. 
if America gets three years like Israel got it in the time of Jezebel, worshiping the same God of Jezebel, that Jezebel and her priests worship, Bible and sisters, everything in America will die. My brother insisted, anyone alive will be by the grace of God. God have mercy. You see how the devil doesn't change his ways. Because it worked back then, and it's working now again. People are falling in idolatry again, as they did in the time of Elijah. That's why the Lord says to the prophet, yeah, we are, you are in the time of Elijah, my people. And a lot of people don't understand what time that is. In the time when they worshipped demons, fallen Nephilim, fallen angel, and they had a name for them written in a book. America has the same book today with the same name that the priest of Jezebel worshipped. America is Jezebel again. America is Jezebel. The same Jezebel that came to be Israel, that Elijah brought to Mount Carmel to rebuke them of their sin and their evil. And he says, if the Lord is God, serve him. Serve him. Serve him. We need to choose people of God who we are going to serve. If the Lord is God, if the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is God, serve him. But if Balak is God, Servant. Well, Balak is no God. Jesus Christ is the Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords. What do you think of that, Brother Tony? Same God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the Lord has, you know, has been saying that, you know, uh, that if this is, uh, we're in the days of Elijah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, you know, that, um, that, you know, the idolatry back then. You know uh, the evil that was going on in Israel. You know, and uh, and God used Elijah. You know to uh, to rebuke. You know. And who's Elijah today? It's uh, us, the bride. Who is that Elijah that was standing in the spirit of the Lord and rebuked Jezebel? It's, it's the church, right? It's uh, yeah, it, we're the ones that's supposed to. It's representing us, yeah, the church. You know, that's it. to stand for truth and and um, you know, um, yeah, it's it, it's us. You know, um, God's people. You know, we're repre- uh, representation. You know, just like Elijah, we're supposed to. You know, um, you know, we serve the. You know, we serve we serve the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and um, you know, we stand for truth and and. Um, you know, we're just, we're the anointed, just like Elijah, you know, we are, you know, um, same privilege, you know, and uh, we're witnesses of Christ, and, and, uh, yeah, God's gonna, God's using us, you know, He's gonna use us, you know, just like He used Elijah in, in, these, in these days that we're in now, you know, and because uh, there's uh, the idolatry, you know, that is going on, and, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's amazing what God is doing, you know amazing and and uh yeah it's uh god using us to you know to bring down the the altar you know the altar of veil because that's what they that's what they worship back then you know the, just 
false gods, demons is what they worship. Then that's the same thing they're doing now. I don't know. That's, With the same name. Yeah. With the same. What a coincidence! I look at these coincidences. Same God, just some of her priests worship. America have begun to worship by name. Same. Same. Pelosi, Obama, Kamala Harris. Same God. My brother and sister. So, uh, nothing new under the sun, just another repetition. But who is Elisha today? God need to raise Elisha. Many Elisha that will, tell, that will speak out the truth. And what they just about did to Elisha, persecute him. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're gonna to do to us. But we're gonna pray and break all persecution of the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're gonna proclaim liberty to the cat in Jesus' name. Right. We're gonna proclaim it's true and continue to speak up as true in Jesus' name without any fear. My brother and sister, we serve the Lord God Almighty, and we're gonna stay in the last days. Hallelujah. We're going to be changing transforming soon. Hallelujah. We'll give our testimony to the world, and we go home. Hallelujah. And let them have their way. Here's a confirmation on Sister Celestial of what is coming. There's going to be natural disasters here, and there's also going to be a very massive war. The title of this prophecy is Tsunami in the Harbor. Thus says the Lord, there is a whirlwind of judgment coming to the United States. The Lord is going to judge you, America. Your hour has come. The people are not watching. Her people are not expecting it. Suddenly, calamity comes. A great war, a war for the ages. America, you will be attacked when you are not expecting it. When you are sleeping, when you think your gates are secure, sudden destruction will come upon you at the very moment you cry, peace and safety. You will be uprooted from this earth. The Lord says you will be forgotten and your memory will cease from the earth. You will be erased from before me. Thus saith the Lord. Tsunami warning in the, harbor, in the harbor. Ring the alarm for the New York City disaster. Tsunami in the Bay Area. California shall lie at the bottom of the sea. Your disasters are at hand. A wall of water, America. I will wash you. I will drown you. I will wash you clean of your fornications. I will purge the evil that lies beneath your false appearance, and everyone will see who you are and how hard the Lord judges you. New York will be a desolation. The whole state. Don't think you will escape. I will drown New York City until there will be nothing left of it. The postcard city will be destroyed. There is a tidal wave coming to America. I will cover you, America. I will bring you and all your emotional garbage to the bottom of the sea. You corroded the emotions of men. You made them cruel. You made them heartless. You made them lewd. 
and evil, even to the unborn and the very young. You will be drowned at the end of your days. The ending of your existence will be to be written out of history and into oblivion. I will destroy you for the way you destroyed my earth. The sound of war hooves is coming, Celestial. A great war is coming. A war to be fought on American soil. A war for the ages where hundreds of millions of people will die in America and worldwide. Multiple countries will be affected, but America will bear the brunt of the casualties. Her people will be put to death by the things they suffer and the defeat they will go through. Their own defiance will work against them, and they will be caught in a trap that is already laid for them. A war is coming to the United States that will humble the nation and bring it down to its lowest points in history. By the time they fall, it will be too late for them to repent. They will receive the full judgment for their sin. Thus saith the Lord. So this prophecy of the Lord that I have just read in your hearing took quite some time to write. And I have to let you know that the Holy Spirit would have kept going. But I was weary at that time. By the time I reached the end of the writing, the Lord said to me, it is enough for now. So you should know that there is more. And the proof of that more can be found in Isaiah chapter 9. If you read Isaiah chapter 9, you will find that it has a certain refrain that begins after, I think it is verse 11, and it keeps saying, for all that, my hand is stretched out still. For all that, my hand is stretched out still. And I've been reading that section of scripture since, I think it's 2020, that I first started introducing Isaiah chapter 9 as I was receiving it constantly from the Lord. Because what he was saying is that he will continue to bring judgment after judgment after judgment. And as people's hearts hear the judgments, it will be natural to think, but is there no end? Can there continuously be judgment? And God is saying, yes, for all this means, even though I've listed certain things, I'm not done. My hand is stretched out still means I can still do more to you. And so as we understand and we hear and we look back, and those who have been here for a long time now, it is a journey of more than 450 prophecies, at least 500 that I have um, written down, and the videos do not quite match the prophecies yet. I'm not finished with them. Some of these themes have been heard before. Some of these themes are very familiar, and the Lord is still saying that he will judge the country, and that's because I've always said that God says the judgment of America is set. The judgment of America, excuse me, please, cannot be affected by, there will be no national repentance, and that's because America is Babylon. America is mystery Babylon of Revelation 18. And since we know that nothing is going to be unfulfilled in the word of God as it is, the simple way that you process this information is, if America was going to repent, there would be no Revelation 18. There would be no 10 kings 
giving their power to the beast in Revelation 17. But because these things are there, eternally prophesied, given to John the Revelator by Jesus himself. The prophecies that John wrote in the book of Revelation came from Jesus. And Jesus said that there would be a mystery Babylon that would receive her judgment in one hour. And so that is America, and she's going to fulfill her destiny. And God says here in this prophecy that by the time America is falling, of course she will want to repent. That's because the food will be gone, the power will be gone, the Nikes will be gone, the swag will be gone, Netflix will be gone, everything will be gone. The nation will be like a husk, a terrible place to exist. And then, of course, people will want to repent. But God says that by that time, the country will be toppling and it will be too late to repent. So let us go over the words of the Lord. A whirlwind of judgment coming to the United States. Whirlwinds are sudden. Whirlwinds are destructive. Whirlwinds come out of nowhere. They roll up all of a sudden. They cause a lot of damage. And then just as suddenly they die out and nobody actually knows why they come or why they go. God says that America's hour has come. And surely one of the ways that the Christian can know that the hour is come is that perhaps there is a feeling of foreboding that will be resting upon spiritually sensitive people. And while that feeling of foreboding is necessary, it is like a long, long drawn out cello note. You can feel it. You can feel it when you go out to do the things that you need to do. You can feel it even when you are in supposedly jovial celebration, celebratory, celebratory, um, places like getting together with family at particular holidays and something like that. There's some kind of rock that will be hanging on the spirits of sensitive people, people who say tuned to the Holy Spirit. However, that feeling is not supposed to be overwhelming you. And although it is not part of this prophecy, I'm simply warning you that if you are not careful, Satan is a pro-wrestler. And this is something that Christians don't know because a lot of Christians are misinformed about the devil. They think, oh, it's me here and the devil here and I'll just fight him. No, Satan is only defeated by one thing, the word of God. Who is Jesus himself? The word of God is what pins Satan and puts him under. So if we are not familiar with the word of God and then if we are not adept with how to use the word of God in spiritual warfare, it can be difficult. Another thing is that because Satan is so scaly and so quick to flip a situation, the Holy Spirit can put a check in your spirit, can put a warning on you. Yes, that foreboding will be there. But then what will happen is that many people will then bring emotionalism into it and turn the foreboding into tears and depression and crying all the time. Oh, I'm just weeping and I'm just weeping and weeping and weeping as I hear about the children. Be very careful because what will come next is the spirit of depression into your home. And that thing will sit on you like a rock and you will start to become obsessed with the weeping and obsessed with the emotionalism. And I have been saying on Facebook before you ever saw me here, before I ever opened the blog, I used to warn there that what comes with the spirit of Depression is a spirit of suicide. And then before you know it, what starts off, off as, my heart is so touched by these prophecies, will end in, we don't know what happened to her. 
we just came home one day and found her like this. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. These prophecies are to bring us to soberness. And these prophecies are actually God's wake-up call to this country. The Lord said in many of the old prophecies, you ignore me and you sideline me in a nation that belongs to me. I founded this nation. I created America. I made you great. I gave you the power that you have, but you have set me to the side and you are determined to oppose me. You have become my enemy. And the Lord has said that he repented that he made this country. And I speak these things without holding anything back. It is not my concern how the words land or where they land on good soil or bad soil. I know that there is good soil out there and that soil will receive it. But if you hear these things and you feel pricked in your heart, that should actually be a warning sign to you, sir, to you, ma'am, for that tells you that you are still tightly meshed in with Mystery Babylon so that when God is judging her, you feel her insults and you feel her blows as if they were your own, which means that you are not paying attention to what it says in Revelation 18. And I think it is verse 4 or verse 8. Don't quote me. But it says, come out of her and be separate. But then many people, they either don't know how to separate themselves from Babylon or they are insisting that they will not separate from her. Either way, if your heart is enmeshed with America, at the time the whirlwind judgment of God comes upon the United States, as it goes for her, it shall go for you, sir, ma'am, in your home. Because you are choosing to identify with what God has put under judgment. And so the hour has come. And in Revelation 18, it says that Mystery Babylon, that one will be judged in a single hour. Well, God says the hour has come, and it's not going to be one of our hours. In the Bible, hour is just a time frame. God says the people of America are not watching and not expecting it, and that is true. People are very distracted. People are dealing with situations in their homes. People are dealing with the attacks of the enemy. People are dealing with the fact that they are at the highest point of their careers, the highest point of their lives. They're making the most money they've ever made on their social media platforms and buying their fifth Lamborghini. And so people are in disparate states, different types of levels, different types of states. But the one thing that people in this country are not watching for is to be hit with natural disasters on both coasts and definitely not to fall to their knees and become servants and workers for Russia and China. A great war is coming. I made this statement just a few weeks ago. I can't exactly pinpoint the video, but I said that I was simply washing the dishes and the Lord began to say to me, a great war is coming, my daughter. A great war is coming and this war is not just going to be America's war, as you've heard in this prophecy. He said that multiple countries will be affected. I've always been saying that when this war starts, every country that depends on America for anything, even if America only ships you the pens that you use for all your school children and all your working people, when this war starts, whoever depends on America for everything, 
is going to suffer. And one of the nations that the Lord highlighted was the nation of Zimbabwe, saying that they rely on the U.S. dollar directly in their economy. And so when America gets hit with her personal problems, obviously the money's not going to stay stable and robust. Money's one of the first things to take a hit when countries go to war. And God says, if Zimbabwe is struggling now, then imagine what will happen when this war starts. And her dependent economy that relies on U.S. dollars gets hit. That is a good sign for people who know their country, your country is depending on America for imports. Your country is depending on America to buy your exports. Your country is depending on America to sign one more check for foreign aid. This is obviously your cue when you hear this to go into prayer. You don't need a group of a whole group to pray. You can just begin to petition God for your nation where you are and say, Lord, we're not under the same judgment as Mystery Babylon. Remember us here and begin to stir the hearts of the remnant here so that you can reveal these things to them so they can pray. This great war is coming, and God says, America, you will be attacked when you are not expecting it. People of God, please hear these prophecies and understand what is being said. I have said endless times that America will never be ready for this attack. That includes those who listen to this channel. You may listen to the channel and you may know that God is saying, an attack is coming, an attack is imminent. However, with all that foreknowledge, even Jeremiah could not tell them the day that the Babylonians would finally break down the wall and come in. Even Jeremiah was not able to tell them the exact day. And that is how real prophecy works. It doesn't give fake dates that fail. America will never see this attack coming. That means we can know an attack is coming. And the benefit of that is to prepare the spirit in prayer. The benefit of that is to sit your children down and begin to tell them that when you tell them you want their location pins, they should stop giving you fake pins. They should stop telling you that they're three blocks over when actually they've piled into the pickup truck and they've gone across the county line because they want to sneak to the strip club for the first time. And then we begin to hear those few, few sounds. And nobody can get back across the county line faster than a missile can come into your town or city. It is time to now circle the wagons and get family members who at least are like-minded to understand that this country is going through a transformation. And if you are waiting for that transformation to show up on the news, if you are waiting for, and I'm not speaking of this current government, but if you are minded that the leadership of this country has your best interests at heart, and so if things are going wrong, they're going to tell you in advance that things are going wrong. They're going to tell you perhaps that they've been also doing their little hacking and they've been finding hidden communications between China and whoever flying around. They're never going to tell you that. What they will do with that intel is they will take care of themselves. 
They will never come on the TV and tell you that, yes, we have stocked bunkers and we're planning to go zero dark 30 and leave you and your kids running around on the surface of the earth while we go into the caves of the earth to wait out whatever we suspect will happen. If you are expecting the U.S. government in whatever manifestation to be your protection, you're already lost. You're already fulfilling the scripture of Isaiah that says, cursed is the man who trusts in flesh. It will be God now that men should turn to because no man will know the day or the hour of this whirlwind judgment of this great war. And God is saying that America's defiance is going to be the cause of the war. This is indeed the Russia-China war that I'm speaking of. And, the, and a clue here that God gives is that the sudden destruction will come at the very moment that America cries, peace and safety. And I was reading this prophecy again before I brought it. It is always good to go over it prayerfully so that you can deliver it with understanding. And the Lord says to me, peace and safety is the beast system, my daughter. So Russia and China are not coming this weekend. America first needs to become the full apostate that she is. When I speak of these things, people complain and they say the prophecy is too graphic and there's too much information. And little do people understand that they will live this information. Your neighbor will sit naked on the porch and you will not be able to call 911 and report him for indecent exposure. And should you try to, lo and behold, Officer Mack and Officer Freeman may show up naked because it just may be come to work naked day in the new America. The things that people find fantastic now are the ingredients of the future America, the beast system America, where every single normal thing, every single premise that was maybe resting its tired elbow or resting its tired spinal cord on the last two or three commandments of God's word are going to be shattered and broken the legs of this nation are going to be broken out from under her and she is going to become worse than any historical empire in the past. The History Channel loves, loves to make documentaries and show you the Romans with their togas slipping off and show you how the great senators of the day were eventually interested in boy flesh. Everybody's lying around on a cushion and eating grapes. But that's not how Rome started. Rome started hungry. Rome started as fighters. Rome started as a military state that deposed the Greeks and took over the best of what they had and then ruled in power and improved on it until pride was found in the midst of them. And that is what happens with empire. Eventually you peak. You look around and you don't have any more em enemies. You look around and you are the clear golden boy of the Second World War. You've conquered everything and then bombed your enemies into silence. Shackled the other enemies with millions of dollars of reparations that they only just got finished paying off in 2008. I think it was. You humbled the earth. And all the nations bowed like chaff before your sword. 
And now there's nothing more to win. And so you begin to set up entertainment. You begin to seek after sexual pleasures. You begin to seek after the joys of life, wine, women, and song. But in this country, it's wine, trance, and whatever else is going at the going rate. Righteousness is killed. The belly grows cold. The fire to do right is put out. And eventually you always get, you always get a decaying and crumbling edifice that has already died, that has already passed from relevance. But because you still have the appearance of life, you still look alive though you are dead. This is Jesus speaking in, in, yes, it's Revelation chapter 3. You have the reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. I brought that prophecy about three or four months ago. Because you appear alive, the world, your groupies outside, are still fooled by you. Except I prophesied in 2021, in April, that the scales would fall from the eyes of the nation. And they would begin to mock America. And they would begin to see America for what she is. And they would begin to castigate her and criticize her and speak about her on their national news in disparaging tones, mocking tones, questioning tones. Why is she doing this? And now all these things are happening just a few years after I had said them. America will not be ready because the people aren't watching. And when she's attacked, God says, we will not be expecting it. We will think that the gates are secure, but sudden destruction will come when we are crying peace and safety. So when the beast system establishes themselves, when you start to see the society changing, when you start to see first the oppressive laws, and then you also start to see laws will be oppressive, but at the same time they will be extremely permissive. Anyone will be able to get alcohol. You won't need to be a certain age to drink. You won't need to be a certain age to engage in sexual activity. You won't be, uh, need to be a certain age to get married. The little children will be declared legally competent to sleep with people who are 5 to 50 times their age. It will be restrictive, and they will tell you it's for your safety. But at the same time, it will be permissive, and they will tell you, well, if you are transgender and if you are 65 and you want a nine-year-old, if that will give you peace, these laws have been changed for your peace. Peace, the open hand, and safety, the controlling hand that will take your money and turn it to cloud money and tell you it's better and will chip your hand and take your palm identity and tell you never carry your wallet again. This thing must establish itself first before that war comes because this peace and safety society is the society where, where America will completely undress herself. And just as the Greeks were doing it and the Romans came and destroyed them in the same way, America will be doing it after having fought all the wars she has started to undress herself. I've always told you, when you see a society obsessed with sex and nakedness, you are on your way 
off the planet. You are on your way out of life and into death because that is where God draws the line. Because after the uncovering comes the original sin of Genesis, desiring to lie down with the wolves, with the hybrids, and with the angels. And that is where Noah can tell you the world was brought to a great reset, and so it will be again. And so God says that he will uproot America from the earth, and she will be forgotten. And I've been saying this almost since the beginning of this ministry. I said that God will take away the memory of this nation from the whole earth. And I remember back then many people challenged and how can it be and, and how can it be that future generations will not remember America. And this is, again, just simply a lack of reading the Bible. In the Bible, if you start from the very beginning, there were two young men, one by the name of Cain and one by the name of Abel. The terrible situation of jealousy and sibling rivalry that arose between those two men. One brother's heart became dark and Satan planted the seed of murder in Cain's heart and he killed his brother. But then you come further on and I think it's Genesis 5 and there's a genealogy going on because God wants to move things to, he wants to move the narrative forward to when he gets to Noah. But it starts off talking of the first man. And it says, there was Adam, and Adam begot Seth. Seth is the third boy that Adam had. He had Cain, and then he had Abel. But for some reason, when God is doing the genealogy, the unfortunate killer and the unfortunate victim have been wiped out and are no longer remembered in antiquity. You have to care about Cain and Abel to know about them. Because once you get to chapter 5, it seems that God is done with them. So there's precedent to show you that unfortunate behavior can get you wiped out of the record. America, you will be wiped from human memory. And this thing that God has been saying, people push back about it because of ego and pride. As an American, you don't want to think that it's possible to hold a passport that belongs to no nation. But when the nation goes under the sea forever, you're going to have a passport to where? Where will you fly to when O'Hare and LaGuardia and JFK are gone? It's just pride. It is just pride. And there's so many people who are failing to do the work of admitting and confronting how deeply that pride is rooted. And that is the reason they cannot believe the word of the Lord. When God says, your memory will cease from the earth and you will be erased from before me. And then says, thus saith the Lord. It's a done deal. Thus saith the Lord prophecies have a tendency not to go away. Tsunami warning in the harbor. Ring the alarm for the New York City disaster. The harbor is definitely the New York harbor. Another tsunami in the Bay Area. You will remember that the prophecy called Stay True to Your Assigned Gender is from 2018. I think that prophecy is September 2018. Quite a lot of years 
ago, and I said that there will be a terrible earthquake along the San Andreas and that California is going to crack. Terrible earthquake in San Francisco and California is going to crack in two pieces and one piece I saw it just slide into the ocean. And God says this type of disaster is at hand. You may remember that the Lord says that the judgments that will come on America are now going to be the kind of judgments like international judgments. So this is thousands and thousands and thousands of lives lost. This is FEMA at a loss for what to do. This is the rescue people, the first responders, God says, having PTSD when they get to the scene. Why? Because they're used to pulling one or two people out. They're used to having earthquakes in California, and then nobody dies. But now, God says, the, the, work, the rescue workers will come, and they will have PTSD. So they're going to be completely outclassed by how many people have been lost. They're going to be completely traumatized by how many broken bodies they're confronted by at one time. And that's because a man's training only goes so far. It is the favor and the grace of God that has kept this nation safe from being broken to pieces. But now God is ready to prove to this country that he is serious. A wall of water to wash you, to wash you clean of fornications. And why not? This is a nation that live streams child porn. People's children are missing. The mothers are sitting at home, sitting and going through nervous breakdowns, and their babies are performing unbelievable acts that are being live-streamed into the homes of whoever can afford the entry viewing fee. Wickedness, altars, celebrating Halloween, women who are sexually active on their time of the month, unspeakable abominations that God says if other countries thought about trying it, they would balk at trying it because such things go against their culture. But nothing is forbidden here. And so that's why the water is coming. It is a harsh but sarcastic judgment. Since you are filthy, I will purge you. And in the purging, as I spoke of rats, just recently being washed out of the sewer when the flood came to New York. In the same way, the tsunami is God's way of washing out American rats. And I spoke of this in one of the old prophecies where God says that after the disasters happen, so after there's a terrible flood in your area and your house has only the attic that is above the water, one of the things he says is, when they go to the crisis centers, my daughter, they will not be able to watch the porn anymore. Your entire porn library will be in the basement and that computer will be ruined forever. He says that all the addicts, all the marijuana that you have at your house, all the, the weedy mushrooms, all the psychedelics, all the little druggies, you will have to run for your life and then you're going to have a hard detox at the crisis center, where no one's going to be giving you magic mushroom and brownies. Nothing. There will be no trip for you. Even if you run with a few, you won't be able to sustain it. You are going to have your shakes and your sweat in front of 3,000 people in a gym that you don't know, and we'll be looking at you like, so it's like that. The shame is coming now. 
hard detox, the porn lovers, the adultery havers. There's a lot of secrets that are going to come out when people are under pressure in these places. The evil that is hidden beneath the false appearance of the United States, everyone will see who you are and how hard God is judging you. So this judgment is going to hit TV. The crises are going to hit TV. The political exposures, the people in Europe will be watching and going, quel dommage. Everything will be seen. All the Africans that love to lift up this place as the place they must get a visa and come to, they will start reconsidering and thinking, well, maybe not, when they see what happens here. And New York will be made a desolation. The whole state, God is saying, don't think you will escape. That's because this tsunami is going to hit the entire Northeast and tri-state area in terms of damage. But New York City itself will be drowned until there's nothing left of it. The postcard city will be destroyed. That's a simple reference to the fact that when you come here, everybody goes to Times Square and buys those overpriced postcards, scribbles on them, wish you were here, and then sends them back to India and sends them everywhere else so everyone can know that you were in New York City. Might as well do it now because the postcard city will be destroyed. A tidal wave is coming to cover America, and all your emotional garbage will be taken to the bottom of the sea. What's the emotional garbage? Well, it's all the males crying on TikTok about how they were misgendered, and I never thought. You're five foot nine, your face is covered with hair, and you're crying because nobody wanted to call you Janet. That's emotional garbage. It's emotional garbage to tell children that there are two moms in a family. It's emotional garbage to say that there are 31 genders on earth. It's emotional garbage to say that killing babies is how you take care of your health, that abortion is health care. It's emotional garbage to say that a man can be a woman, and that a woman can be a man, and that a child can understand the complexities of puberty and sexuality enough to undergo chemical castration at the age of six, because that's when Hubert knew he was a girl. America's full of emotional garbage. It's emotional garbage to teach the kind of licentious things that the children are taught in school. Victim mentality, ally culture, everyone crying and having a breakdown. They didn't feel safe. It's emotional garbage for adults to insist on safe spaces. It's emotional garbage to censor free speech. It's emotional garbage to become a nation that is so sensitive that the skin is, what's that supposed to mean? What's that supposed to mean? A nation where the men are basically dead, castrated by the women who are as wild as wolves. Emotional garbage belongs at the bottom of the sea, washed away. God says that America corrodes the emotions of men. America is the nation that forces people to accept things that make no sense. It's almost as if the minute you hit the border and the plane goes over, your brain opens up and wind begins to blow in there, taking the chemical smoke of insanity out. 
Then you land in another country and you interact with those people and you realize a lot of people and they confess it in their videos. I couldn't do my American nonsense overseas because overseas they are not prone to practicing emotional garbage as culture. But it's bleeding out in the magazines. It's bleeding out through the rappers, the superstars, the lifestyle, video, audio. Social media has now connected all people. And so the ideas are being rapidly transferred. And that's why you see men in West Africa dressing up, bleaching their skin, taking on female names. And the corruption, the rot is inside the global population. Because if those men were meeting their traditional cultures, they would be rapidly handled and they would disappear. But they have followings of millions, which means that the rot is inside the hearts of those people. That transgenderism in Latin America, in Asia, and in Africa, for instance, is okay. The rot, the smoke is spreading. Corruption, God says. You make men cruel. How do we make them cruel? How much murder is in the movies? Little children are inured to the spilling of blood. Pow, 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 pow. They go. Here and everywhere else. The bloodshed is normal. The witchcraft is normal. It's all normalized. That's how you harden people's hearts. You simply continue putting the matter in front of them because what the eyes look at, it takes root inside the spirit. God says that people are made lewd and evil. This is just overly sexually charged. Again, the movies, the music. You say you love God, but you can't help looking. The married women on social media acting and disrespecting their husbands because of so-and-so parading without a what and a this. If I see you, don't you know that God sees you? And I have no power to do anything, but don't you know that your record, your final record is being written by all you say and all you do, and that's for all of us, all the time. To a person who wants to live righteous, this is actually very calming. It's actually very, it's reassuring to know that God is watching you. He's got your back, but he's also got your manners. It's reassuring to know that I want to live in the light. I want to walk in the light. You're not doing it because you think, if I don't do it, I won't go to heaven. No, you're doing it because you're thinking, your presence is so precious to me. And I love your company so much. I would hate to offend you. That's the thing. People know how to act around a brand new girlfriend, but they don't know how to treat God. They know how to, to if she doesn't like smoking, he's chewing the smoker's gum. She's brushing her teeth extra because she doesn't want to offend him because she likes him. Yet there are people who claim they love God, but they don't know how to court his presence. They don't know how to, how to go after him as a lover does. They keep the best of themselves for humans who will perish and go to dust. But the eternal one who will cradle their soul and say, come walk in my presence always. Come enter into my rest. No effort. I don't know how to. You have a Bible. You have a cell phone. What's your problem? 
The cell phone is for looking for Bible verses, and then the Bible is for going and reading them and starting to get them into your spirit. So people are sexually charged. They're looking for their next naked fix and evil, God says, to the unborn, the millions and millions and millions of babies that have been sacrificed in this nation, and the very young, the millions and millions of children. Please don't be fooled by the official numbers that the child traffickers themselves, such as the FBI, the cops, the lawyers, CPS themselves, these are the chief people who are taking the children. And more and more they're showing up at the door because they're running out of strays. Ask yourself where the homeless children are. Their populations are dropping drastically, and I promise you they have not been resettled in happy homes. They are starring in snuff films across this nation. To you who think that snuff films don't exist, I covered that in 2020, that the Lord says these snuff films are shot. That's the prophecy, what you never heard of, part two, to put out their light. To snuff something literally means like a candle. You put it out quickly. That's where these youth are. That's where the little hopeful, that's where hopeful daughters who said, Mom, I'm going to L.A., and she never called again. Hopeful daughters who left Africa and said, I'm going to Dubai, and she never called again. They're making films with dogs. That's what they're doing on threat of their life. They haven't seen their passport in three years. They are the worst for wear. They can't come home because they're less than human now, because their partners have been Dobermans for three years. Hear it and know. Hear it and know. Let your saliva dry up the way mine dries up when I see and hear what I see and hear. You will be drowned at the end of your days and the end of your existence will be that I will write you out of history and into oblivion. God himself is going to oversee that not only will America be judged and taken away, but God says that he will see to it that humankind cannot remember. Now, if you put your mind on this, this is speaking of the same thing that he did to Cain and Abel. There's only one person that's able to take the memory of what actually existed out of the earth as if it's never existed. Whether he has to create a shift, whether he has to give us all global amnesia. Because think about it. Revelation 18 speaks of a graphic, very visible, horrific destruction for Mystery Babylon. Technically speaking, that's very hard to forget. And yet he says and uses this word of permanence, oblivion, which means not only not remember, but to never remember and cannot be made to remember no matter what. That is where dementia takes you into the realm where they can't bring you back. You lose all the memories. You can't keep even one. And then it ends in departure from this life. That's what God is saying. And he says, I will do it. I will destroy you because you destroyed my earth. 
The sound of war, hooves, is coming. That means that the attackers are on their way. They're not here yet, but we've all seen the Western. When the horses ride in one scene, we know that they're not going off camera. We know that they have a destination. And the destination is a great war that will be fought on America's soil. Very direct, the Holy Spirit. That's because America usually exports war. The the military-industrial complex in this nation is very smart. And I've covered this before. War is very damaging. War breaks the cell phone towers. War, War destroys the chemical plants. War destroys the manufacturing plants. War bombs up all the schools. War destroys all the jobs. War pollutes the water. War fills the streets with extremely unsanitary dead bodies and carnage. War brings social instability, economic destruction. It brings hunger and famine and fear for your life. It brings a ton of sexual crimes. Rape is committed by combatants, and it's also committed by people who are just taking their chances on the street. Men are stronger than women, a lesson that will greatly be learned by the feminists in the end times, that men aren't that tall and that big because they're the same as women. They look different because they are different, but that lesson will be learned under duress in this nation. America exports war. She goes outside, bombs other people, spoils their country, destroys their infrastructure, disrupts their economies, ruins their money, makes them economically broken so that they have to take decades to bring themselves back up. She takes what they have, brings it home, adds it to the pile, and then says, we freed them. Iraq needed freedom, and so did Yemen, and and we saw that they got it. But now the war will come here. It's these chemical plants that will be burnt up. It's these Ford factories and Cadillac factories that will be bombed. One thing that the Lord said is that the Russians know the locations of everything, Like it's been mapped out to a T. He says that down to the national parks and the forests, they know what's in there. Imagine Russians counting the bears at night with infrared or whatever it is that they're doing. They know the national parks and what's in the parks. They know the location of where all the Marines, the so-called secret bases that the Marines go to to train, the elite the Navy SEALs and all the other titles of them that I don't know, they know it. And he says that nukes will fly to those places. Why? Because you have to neutralize the best right away. That's all part of a surprise attack. You don't wait for the cream of the crop to immediately go into tactical response. You take them out at the start so that you can be left with everybody else falling back and scrambling. It's these roads that will be busted. It's these streetlights that won't work anymore. It's these schools that will be shut down forever. It's these farms that will be torched. War on soil for God to bring home the export. He will import it back here that we learn. 
that wickedness has a cut-off date. Hundreds of millions will die in the war for the ages in America and worldwide. Multiple countries affected, but America bearing the brunt of the casualties. Her people will be put to death by the things that they will go through. This is captivity. This is being sent to the gulag. This is being put on the ships to go and work in the sex brothels. It is since 2019 I've been speaking on this, that slavery will be seen again in the modern world, that the slavery that America practiced will be practiced on her. They will be put to death by the defeat that they will go through, and their own defiance will work against them as they are caught in a trap that is already laid for them. Who needs to really think deeply about the trap? How many times has China said, leave us alone? How many times? Is it 100 times or 500 times? How many times have they said, go to your side of the world and go do whatever you're doing? And if you want to come to our side of the world, then make sure you're just visiting American Samoa and then go back home. Our Taiwan stuff and our Hong Kong stuff that we're working out, mind your business, America. And America's like, the world is my business. I think there is a prophecy. It's called Defeated at Last. One of the shortest prophecies the Lord ever gave me. Just a few lines and it just says that before you can be defeated, you have to have enemies. The word defeat automatically tells you that there's somebody nearby who doesn't like you. Defeated at last. And God says America has made enemies everywhere. Everywhere. Even her allies don't like her, the Lord says, because she forces them to do things they don't want to do. And she insists that she get her way. So there's no real cooperation in this NATO to all the NATO groupies. NATO is just one big table with America holding most of the cards. So is the United Nations threatening not to send her military. And so everybody just plays ball, but there is a shift that only the blind man can miss. There is an unmistakable shift in the global order. And if you're waiting for CNN and Bloomberg to announce it, they'll be the last as always because they are sore losers, Fox News included. They're all the same. There's no different. There's no difference. You have to see the shift spiritually. That America is being more and more attacked verbally. And when people aren't scared, scared of you and they start talking about you, it's not too long before someone throws a sucker punch. Defiance is the reason that America will get into trouble. I said that America is going to start, she's going to bring conflict to herself because of her mouth. And before anyone can say it's the elites because they're always, no, you just find any comment section and you will find Americans active in the comments telling people that they're poor, 
telling people, yeah, that's why we beat you in 1961, telling people everything and anything. People don't need the elites to be Americans. They're just, they're just themselves. And it's time that we were sober because sobriety is where repentance comes from. You can never repent if you buy into the lie that it's the elites. You really think that the elites are responsible for the personal sin that is in people's hearts? The elites are going around and giving everyone pride? The elites are making your children be on the porn sites, selling themselves? The elites are, if the elites created OnlyFans and this was a righteous nation, OnlyFans is an FBI operative thing. They own it. The government owns that porn site. Don't mind them. We're against the porn and we're cracking down. They're not cracking down on nothing. They own the porn. They own the drugs. They are the traffickers. They are the the pips. They are the supply. At what point do you stop just clutching your pearls and trying to know it's not? At what point? What does it take? Does it take this much? To come to the acceptance that you are living in one of the greatest lies ever told. One of the greatest lies ever maintained. How hard is it to let go? Because you have a home. You have the offer of a greater, better home. But you're not going to be allowed to enter into that home clinging on to this dirty VIP pass. You can't get into heaven like this. Abraham knew to look for that distant city. Even the rich man, when he messed up and he was in hell, talking to Abraham and Lazarus, was begging that that's not where he wanted his brothers to go. He was begging that Lazarus should please be allowed to put a few drops of water. How is it that at this time, the first instinct is to defend the lie that is fallen, the lie that is judged? Fallen, fallen, great Babylon has fallen. How is it that the Christians don't volunteer to be the first rats to be washed out of the sewer and saying, you know what? I've, I've got a home and I've got a father and I can be here and I can exist here. But in my heart, what I really want is to be acceptable to the Lord Jesus Christ so that I can make it into his eternal rest. Heaven is my home. You miss heaven. It's done for you. Two Sundays of sermons like this would, would be able to turn this country around if pastors were worth anything, but they're not. Two sermons, two Sundays like this. And people would start thinking, well, you know, actually, I need to care more for my soul. They're spritzing themselves with half a bottle of cologne, ready to go out there and see who's good for the sleeping. Caring nothing for the soul, for what comes after. Raising your children to be nihilists. Want them to be skilled in all the classical arts and they know nothing of good old turn or burn theology. And so God is going to step in now. And that is just it. And it is long overdue. The trap has been laid. Brought a prophecy here and God was saying that America is very predictable. 
and that her rival actu- her rivals actually know exactly what the formula is to get her to act. Putin and them have already studied. I think this is what the coaches do. The coaches, they know a big game's coming up. They get tapes of the opposing team. And then they bring the tapes and they say, let's watch it. Let's see how the wide receiver behaves. And let's see how the quarterback behaves. And let's, let's learn them. Let's see how their team moves. So when we meet them on Saturday, we're ready. Well, America's predictable as pie. And I'm just sitting here in this house. I'm just in this house. I don't have Pentagon friends. I'm just here. I have a higher friend. I have that eye that sees all things and then comes and says, take your pen and write. The trap is set and the trap will work because the prey is predictable as pie. War is coming to the U.S. and it will humble the nation and bring it down to its lowest point in history. So this is worse than 1933. This is worse than First World War, Second World War. Lowest point in history. This is the America you know gone. Because the lowest, the past lowest points in history, there's hardly any people alive who remember them. This, this generation only knows social media and a good time. They won't even listen to their elders when the elders warn among them. And God says that by the time this country falls, it will be too late to repent. So that means that the day to repent is now. It's right now. You watch the video, you pause it, you finish it, you say, that's it for me. I know what I have to do. If this is the one video I send, I don't care if they block me afterwards. If this is the one video I send, I'm going to do it. If this is the one video, if they don't like it because it's an hour, I'll chop off this bit and I'll send it to them. And I'm going to pray that they ask for more. Mass repentance is off the table for America. I don't care where people meet and start singing. Mass repentance. Nineveh's repentance. It's never coming. And Revelation 18 is the proof. So it's time to waterproof, Noah-proof your home, your life. You don't need anybody to tell you what your issues are. It's time for that heart-to-heart with the Holy Spirit. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's time for that. One-on-one confession. Acknowledgement. Here are the holes. The thief on the cross got it right. And the thief on the cross got it wrong. Two men, the eternal picture of mankind, the savior between them, and one perceiving life while the other mocked his way into hellfire. America, a portrait. By the time they fall, it will be too late for them to repent. So that means the day of capture, the day of the simultaneous East Coast, West Coast attack. The day where I said that the men and the women in the black wetsuits will be coming out of that freezing sea, oblivious to the cold. 
because God says that Russia is the bear and Russia excels in cold. And even China has worse, winter, worse winters than we do. They're coming up on one end, they're coming on the other end. They're attacking the nation and squeezing like a crab. That announcement comes on the TV that I spoke of years ago. Russian, activating all the Russians in the country, all the Russians that live here, all the Russians that have Russian accents that are part of this, and all the Russians that have impeccable U.S. accents. Why? Because they came when they were eight years old. They were born here. Second and third generation sleeper agents waking to wake up. I'm sitting on the train. I'm coming home tonight, sitting on the train, and the Lord is simply saying to me, they will rise up and strike America. They will rise up and strike America. He just keeps saying it. And why is he saying it? Because New York City is full of unfamiliar faces at the moment. They are everywhere, easily identifiable by the brand new clothing, clothing so new you can almost smell the tags on them, easily identifiable because of the different ethnicities, easily identifiable by them standing in the train systems in groups of four and five, utterly confused, trying to read the English train maps and then match it, easily identifiable because when I'm going my way with purpose, they're standing on the street and gazing up at the buildings, taking stock. They're not admiring the buildings. They're taking stock. And all around them, my fellow Americans, pitter-patter, busy, rushing feet. Yeah, Todd, I mean, yeah, I'm five minutes away from the meeting. Let's talk about it. That's what God told me. He told me to tell you everything. My eyes are open. I see them in my neighborhood. I see them in Manhattan. They are everywhere. They didn't come to visit. They came to work. They will receive the full judgment for their sin. That is the prophecy received early morning, December the 6th. It is called Tsunami in the Harbor. I'm Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. The Master's Voice is available in written form at www.the-masters-voice.com. The blog is the central resource for all this. It doesn't matter if I haven't put many of these new videos into print format yet. I will do that because I honor the Lord. The blog is the central theme. The Russia and China playlist is there. That is the most important playlist because as you have heard, that is how this nation is going to end. She's going to fall to her enemies in what God is calling a war for the ages, a war that I saw depicted in the middle of this year as a fight to the death between three hippos, and America was the smallest hippo. Did you know that China is 17% of the world population? Do you know that 70 is, 17 is almost 20 do you know that that country has 1.4 billion people and we are only barely 340 million here? And not everybody is able-bodied. Not everybody is disciplined. And a lot of people are lost in the head to emotional garbage. Did you know that? That that is a nation that is in lockstep and Russia's right next to her with the same kind of national orientation. 
blog has audio. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. The blog has video. That is La Voz del Señor, Canal Profetico, La Voz del Señor. That's 